Hello, my name is Joe Trier and welcome back to the Frozen North. We started our tale a few weeks ago with a man who fell from a star and a monster who fell with him. But where did he come from and why did he fall? To answer those questions, we need to travel back in time and journey south over the frozen and currently unpassable mountains of the spine of the world to the city of Mirabar. Our camera zooms in into this lofty city, perched precariously on the edge of a mountain, far above the raging icy waters of the river Mirror. We pass by the hustle and bustle of the houses and buildings of the humans on the city above, and focus on the enormous circular chasm in the city's centre. Dropping down thousands of feet into the busy mines of the dwarves below. As we descend past a web of pulleys and lifts into the darkness, lit by burning red glow of a thousand smithy fires, we pan over minecarts flying by, waterways zigzagging this way and that, carrying ore to the surface and down to hidden underground rivers. We also see countless low squat buildings where the dwarves live and work. Our camera pans across this enormous underground city and focuses in on a huge dwarven temple built into the very living rock itself and highlighted by huge braziers of burning fire and decorated in gold and silver. From within, we hear an explosion. Then the magical trill of an alarm Guards outside start towards the huge doors, drawing their blades. Guards from all over the city, alerted by this magical alarm, burst from the darkness and charge into the temple. But our camera pans around the side, up to a window of stained glass, which bursts open as two figures jump out, leaping into the darkness, one holding a heavy bag. Celeste, Curran, welcome to the show. It is you who have burst from this temple after committing Uh-oh. a great or terrible heist, depending on the uh, depending on your point of view, I guess. Let's start with you, Curran. Curran, welcome to the show. Tell us a bit about your character. Thank you, Joe. Um, so I'm going to be playing Graham Voss. He's uh, been here for the last couple of episodes. He is a uh, sort of stocky character. Um, he likes to wear big coats so he can hide things that he's stealing. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's actually a, a, a home resident of Mirabari. They say you shouldn't steal where you live, but you know, sometimes things are easy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever was in, is in this bag was obviously too much of a temptation and you've, you've made it, you've got it, but let's see if you can get away. But before we find that out, Celeste, it is such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Uh, Hey, everybody. My name is Celeste Conwich. I'm super duper excited to be here. I'm a freelance designer. And in fact, I helped write Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. So uh, this is super fun for me getting to play in the world that I I helped create. (laughs) Um, And my character today, so you see, you know, rocketing down the side of this building is a halfling uh, man who has this bright kind of pink strawberry-esque hair, one might say. Uh, Strawberry Fields is their name. uh, And that is also backed up by the fact that they have a lot of like leathers on them that have also been dyed in these different kind of uh, 
shades of crimson. Uh, so they, <laughs> they uh, yeah, you know, dressed to the nines uh, here. They were just looking for a, a good time. You know, they are a cleric of trickery. So, you know, Timora had a little feud with this Dorfin <laughs> temple here. And um, look where we are. You're probably wondering how I got here. Uh, <laughs> so, that, so that's me. So we're going to do this as an old-fashioned skill challenge. We did one last week with uh, with minecarts through a goblin tunnel, and it was so popular, we've had tons of requests from all, so we thought we're going to open the story with this. Uh, the way it works is you have to get three passes over three failures. Um, you can use any skill you want, including powers, although if you use a power, I'd rather use, like, a, so if it's a magic spell, you'd use an arcana roll. Um, for a cleric spell, you use a religion roll. You need to get to the far side of the city where you know there is, like, a secret lift it's it's a bit hidden away from the others and you know it should be safe so if you can get there fantastic you've made it out who which of you has the highest dexterity as you'd leap out of this high window uh Kruin, what's yours oh my dexterity is 16 oh mine is 17 then you take the lead strawberry Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, so I, I imagine at this point, so we've burst out of this window. Um, I, I think maybe before this or as we're doing it, I hope that Strawberry is like getting some ropes and like harnesses together to like, you know, tie that zip line on so they can rappel nice. down the side of this <laughs> building. So if I could, uh, maybe a sleight of hand to like just make sure all the knots and everything are ready to go really quickly. Absolutely, yeah, give me that roll. All right, let's do it. Okay, so... D20 rolling. Ooh, <laughs> well, that's not a great way to start things off. Uh, so with my sleight of hand, that is going to be a solid eight. Oh gosh, okay. So you, you in such a, such a rush, although you don't fall, you've managed to jam the carabiner. So as you're kind of flying down, oh, no. you end up stopping and Kuren, your character Graham, zooms down after her, and you just realize in time you're going to crash into each other. You're still like 50 feet above the ground. Oh dear. How do you want to get oh, out God. of this situation? Oh, um, <clears throat> I'm going to, so we're in between two buildings, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, um, as the as I'm hitting that momentum, is it possible for me to like reach back towards the building, try to pull the rope inward so that we don't so we can stop for a moment and try and um, try and rappel down? Below you can see the guards beginning to kind of gather around looking for the the suspects. You've got another building nearby. You've also got these kind of like minecarts whipping around in the distance. You could probably see one of these like um, sort of boats that are transporting ore around at fast speed. I don't know if you've ever seen um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. In Basing City. Yeah, exactly. Basing City. You've got those kind of like (laughs) zipping around. Um, So loads of things for you to kind of play around with. All right. So, um, uh, first thing, I'm gonna try to jump to the to the next to the building over, and I'll try and uh, scout out and uh, look for one of these carts that's on the way. Okay. So, what skill um, would you like to use? Uh, acrobatics, because I'm gonna try to dive into some pile of coal or something. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do it. Ooh. So eleven. Um, eleven. So, so eleven oh, plus is five, another so 16, failure. Yeah. So basically, you, oh, plus five, sixteen. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, I'm just like wait a minute. This skill okay. challenge was made to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. Oh no. <laughs> 
So, ye, I think, I mean, that is such a success. I think you could maybe get uh, get Celeste, get Strawberry across there as well. Oh, so yeah. there's enough momentum from your rope that you can basically maybe run up one side, run the other side, like a pendulum swinging back and forth, and then use that, maybe even cutting the rope at the last minute, so you both fly over this 15-foot gap and land spinning on the other side, both on your feet and ready to move on to the next place. Strawberry, where'd you go? You can hear from below the shouts of alarm. Okay, uh, so they, you said there are kind of mine carts all around this area oh, sure, moving sure. about the cavern? Okay, so I think, you know, Strawberry is going to turn to Graham and be like, I've got an idea, we're just going to go in and we're going to dive in and it's going to be sort of a whack-a-mole thing. Uh, so what I would like to <laughs> do you. is propose that we get into to, uh, or into a mine cart, but I want to release a bunch of other mine carts at the same time and kind of switch things around. So they're just a bunch of chaotic mine carts that we're going to hide in. Um, so I would like to enact this plan maybe with stealth, like as this kind of bob and weave deception maneuver to put this together. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, my cat is trying to knock over one of my lights. Oh, no. <laughs> How rude! All right. Okay, let me let me redeem myself, maybe. Yeah, there change. we go. Okay, so right, 17 on the die. <laughs> yes, plus my five stealth. So we're looking at a 22 wow. for this maneuver. Wow. So, I mean, if you want, you could have an extra thing happen. So you've leapt into the minecart or minecarts if you want to go separate ones. You've managed to launch off a load of other minecarts in different directions. What other bonus um, would you like to happen from that su su supreme success? Sure. Uh, so maybe with that, um, I want to get us on a track maybe that, that dips uh, southward so we can get a lot of extra momentum to travel us very quickly towards the edge of the cavern we're heading to. Amazing. Okay, so you're flying down at kind of breakneck speeds. Are you in the same minecart? I think probably yeah. that would be ideal. So Strawberry <laughs> is like, you know, uh, just poking their little fingies <laughs> up over the tap and just going, wee! <laughs> so this minecart is perfect. You're flying down at breakneck speed, zigzagging this way and that, and you... But it, but unfortunately, it's actually going down to the street level. So although you're going fast and you've managed to disguise your um, you from the people behind, there's all sorts of guards like looking around. They, they're beginning to notice that this minecart should not be on this track. And are there people inside it? They're beginning to spot you as well. You're going very, very fast. Graham, how are you going to handle this situation? Okay, I'm going to grab my cloak and I'm going to chuck it onto another minecart because there's lots of them going at the moment because we've we've just created a bunch of chaos to try and nice. deceive everyone to think that we're actually in a different one but it's just coal in the shape of us <laughs> yes. okay so a deception roll give it a go that's a nine plus where is my deception plus six so that is 15. 15. God, I should have made this harder because because that's three successes. You you easily distract the guards and they literally start chasing after this other minecart, and and you very easily stroll across the city. Um, I guess it would be sort of zoom across the city. Um, eventually, you do have to leap off it, but at this moment, you've left all the guards behind and you do approach this lift. Now it's off to one darkened side of the cavern and you know it's very, very rarely used. In fact, this is one of the much older lifts that isn't maybe the safest, but it's also probably the most secret. Hmm. And you approach, there doesn't seem to be any sign of pursuit. There doesn't seem to be anyone waiting for you, but there also doesn't seem to be any sign of the lift. We are out of the skill challenge now. <laughs> What happened um, to the lift? 
Uh, you know, um, well, it, what sort of a safety hazard? So maybe somebody actually finally removed it, you know, which would be good for the city, but terrible for us. But just, nothing ever gets done around Mirabar. This is ridiculous. Um, hmm, maybe, uh, is there some sort of button? I would like to look for a call button <laughs> to get this elevator to... So this is such an old lift. Like, there is kind of like a wooden structure, almost like mm. um, that sort of goes up and up and up and up into the distance and into the darkness. And there is one of those, like, metal clanging doors, you know, like the old 1920s lifts had, which are both <laughs> closed. But there isn't a button as such, but there is a whole load of kind of mechanisms and gears and cogs and things. Um, what I would like from both of you is a perception roll. All right. Uh, ooh, 14 plus 2, uh, so 16. And I got a 7 plus 4. So um, you're kind of like looking all over this machine and you, you think maybe, Graham, you've, you've found something and then you realize that's just a gear and it's nothing at all. It's not even... Mm. A, going to help you but strawberry you can hear from behind you the sound of very heavy boots trying to move stealthily through the houses behind you um hey i think somebody's coming after us so you know what here blessings of Dimora be upon you uh and i'm going to use my <laughs> my domain of trickery ability called blessing of the trickster uh nice. where i touch a willing creature and then you get advantage on dexterity stealth checks for one hour Whoa. uh or until i use the feature again it's uh, incredibly useful so i knew I, I was friends with you for a reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I tap you, and I think as I do, I you know I twirl my coin of Timera across my knuckles uh, to sort of summon this blessing, uh, and then I say hide. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll, I'll stealth with advantage. Yeah, I would also like to stealth and try to just hide. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You have advantage. You have advantage. Yeah, you yeah, have advantage. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. <laughs> Plus five on that, so that's fourteen. Sorry. Okay. Whew. Okay. Whew. And then I got a natural twenty. Um, so with my <laughs> with my stealth, that's going to be a twenty-five. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. So you easily find. I mean, there's numerous places to hide. Um, you can hide near the where the lift should be, the lift box or um, mechanism. You can hide near the houses, and then there's various sort of detritus in the big opening between the houses and the lift. Perhaps if they're coming to investigate the elevator, we should hide on either side, and then, you know, when they come up, we just... Absolutely, yes, I right. Give my, throw my hands down in stabby motions. Yes. Uh, good, okay. We're ready, <laughs> We're ready. right. <laughs> We're so ready. So, it takes a few moments, and then you can hear the sound of these footsteps, even you, Graham, with your failed roll, getting closer and closer, and then this long shadow kind of fills the areas, because there's obviously light behind them. And then this very, very large dwarven guard, huge red beard plaited with sort of golden rings inside it, holding this enormous halibut, walks into the, uh, into the opening area and starts moving towards the lift. Let's just give him a, a roll, an opportunity to spot you both, although it is very difficult. <laughs> Wow. Okay. He stares right at you, Graham. He doesn't do anything. In fact, he reaches into his pouch and pulls out what looks like a large, like a key, but a huge key with a hexagonal um, bit at the end, which he pushes into the lift. Again, he hasn't actually acted for you. And he turns it. And with a grating of gears, you hear 
the lift or the elevator descending down towards you both. Because we were too far apart to talk, so I'm like, he looked right at me. Yeah, I guess maybe we're on the other side of the yeah. elevator through the cage, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> holding up my hands. What's going on? Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I'm still waiting. Mm. I want to see what this, what this guy does next. Assuming he's going to go into the elevator. Yeah, so the, the elevator descends down, the doors, well, he actually had to pull apart the doors with this rusty clang. And despite his bulk, he actually really seems to struggle at first. And then it's a bit strange, actually. At first, he seems to struggle. And then suddenly, it's like he's just gained this enormous amount of strength. He just pulls it apart as if it's just nothing. Yeah. And he steps into the lift. And then he just waits. Should, should we get him before he goes up? <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> we go in and then we stab. <laughs> okay, okay. Good. Um, Yes. <laughs> I, I would like to pop around the corner and I guess say, hands up, punk, <laughs> give it that key. <laughs> As I have my, my hand crossbow pointed right at his uh, right at his chest. So he so he, he sort of looks at you both and smiles <laughs> and he's got a very accent, a very, very strong accent, although it doesn't really seem to be the right accent for the um for the area. And he just stops speaking, and then he reaches up and takes off something from his head. And there's nothing actually there, but then he takes it off it. It's this enormous wizard hat, and his whole features begin to melt and change. And it's your partner. It's it's Lee. Oh! Oh my, oh my god, god, I almost shot you right in the face! How many times have I told you not to do that? You really need to stop oh. that, Lee. God. Yeah. <laughs> So you, uh, right. you managed to get it then. And he, he points the bag on your shoulder, Graham. Absolutely, yeah. Hand it over. Let me see. Here we go. Let's show you. Can I open the bag? Okay. Show him. I've got a firm grip on the bag, though. I'm just showing him. <laughs> and he, he reaches inside and he pulls out this golden chest. But it's almost the chest is in the shape of an orb. And it's got this golden filigree around this like shining blue glowing, I guess it would be like sapphire um, overlay or underlay. And he goes, right, God, what's that? And he points behind you both. Wait, I want to, <laughs> I want to insight, yeah, oh, I want to no, insight it's... check this. <laughs> Joe. This nonsense. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to do an insight check. Well, before you do, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna move the camera <laughs> twenty yeah. days into the future. In fact, thirty days into the future, into the, the future of Icewind Dale, we're gonna fly over the spine of the world, through the storms generated by the Frost Maiden, and down into the city of Brinshanda, where, in the Golden House of Lathlander, in a rickety old attic, sits Zalfiz, the gnome artificer. Owen, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you, Joe? I'm, I'm doing fine, actually. It's been a difficult <laughs> week. Don't ask you how you're doing, doing right. Joe. I feel like you're doing well. It doesn't ever happen, then. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I'm playing Zalfiz, um, the artificer gnome. Um, I am going to be an, I can never say this properly, artillerist, I think is my subclass. So basically, I've been that in the small bit. But Zalfiz nice. is currently nice. um, working away in his little workshop in town. Now, we have talked a bit about using the Xanthus Guide to ev everything, the uh, downtown, um, downtown, downtime rules. Is there anything that you've managed to do? I know you've got quite limited funds at the moment. Your adventuring hasn't paid you too well recently. So, um, there was the bit of goo from episode one from the crash site. I was going to analyze that in my downtime and also use some of my artificer infusions. So, 
like we did last episode, take an arrow and make it a collapsible pole. I've also got my bag of holding. Um, nice. I think that was it. Okay, well, let's do a roll for your the goo. So right, right in our first episode, there was this strange goo that landed inside this this egg, this kind of capsule that seemed to be made of bone or sinew, and you managed to get a sample of it. When when it touched a person, it basically took them over and turned them into a kind of like alien zombie creature. Um, so yeah, do you want to give me that intelligence roll? Or if you have a skill that you'd like to use, that would work well. Uh, would be a good one. Yeah, uh, There isn't intelligence in this, is there? There is. It's just a base stat. Yeah, you oh, can just sorry, do straight yeah, intelligence, but if you have sorry, arcana yeah. or something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go with intelligence works for me. Boom, boom. So with a plus three, I rolled... A 12 total. 12. Okay, so you can't gain much out of this other than the fact that this seems to be a a relic or a creature or part of a creature from the plane of limbo. This is a, a liquid of pure chaos, but you haven't been able to define its use or how you could use it, put it to your use. Well, we can definitely market pure chaos, though. That's, that's markets itself. Well, I don't know what it does yet, but it markets itself. <laughs> Uh, Niall, welcome back to the show. Uh, how are you doing? And tell us a bit about your character and where uh, might they be? I am doing good. Uh, I am playing Gon. Uh, he is actually outside of the town near the forest, um, trying to get back to his roots because he's just trying to like interact with animals because he's been doing a bad job of that lately. <laughs> considering <laughs> every, every dog he's met wants to kill him. So he's been doing that and um, yeah, just kind of he doesn't like being in the city he doesn't like being around that much built up civilization he's more okay. personal land so he's been he's been outside the city just taking it easy so just chilling is there anything you'd like to have done in your downtime um so one thing he did want to do was uh upon leaving telmarine or i think that was his town yeah Termaline. yeah um he wanted to go back to the church to investigate the other smell that he caught in the last episode um i think we can maybe talk about that when it comes up in the story but i'll definitely note down that you've investigated that and i think this scene is going to start as a young gnome boy comes running through the woods and he goes um um, mr mr gone mr mr gone um i've been sent here with a message for you uh yes what is it gosh you're big (laughs) no sorry that's not the message um he says that you would pay me um i take out so for gone the concept of money isn't really a thing he's never well no he's never lived in like a civil area like a civilization kind of area so he takes out like two or three gold pieces and gives it to the child (laughs) and doesn't realize that that's probably a massive sum for what this kid's doing he probably expected a bit of copper yeah the the boy's like i can't believe that word bloody hell um um, so um your friend your friend uh graham um boss he's he's dead or something he's in the he's in the he's in the temple thing Gon doesn't well. even react to the kid. He stands up and he just <laughs> he runs towards the town, <laughs> abandoning this kid in the forest. F's and ch- <laughs> chat, people. F's and chat. So I mean, the kid's fine. He's like looking at this these three gold pieces. I mean, this is you know three nights in an inn. This is great. I mean, he can um, live well for three days as a commoner on this. Or I mean, it's a lot of money. <laughs> three nights in an inn. He's an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a gnome. He could. He's probably like twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> I have never met a 25 year old that sounds like that. <laughs> He's a no. Okay. 
<laughs> anyway, you zoom through the town, I guess. You're enormous. Are you like eight foot tall, nine yeah. foot tall? You're quite you're eight. huge, like loping strides carrying you through the through the town at, at immense speed and you arrive outside the golden uh, gate to this temple. Um, you're met at the door by uh, Mishan, the uh, the temple there. He's an ex-adventurer. Um, he's a bit of a... He's very bookish for an adventurer. And he sort of goes, Oh, gosh, thank you so much, Gan, for coming. This has been a terrible tragedy. Come in, come in, come in. Um, and he leads you into the one of the back rooms where you see Graham laid out upon a slab. And there's like a halo of golden light surrounding him. And Zalfiz is standing there. He was brought here um, by two of his friends from the inn. He apparently collapsed, and his vitals are they're barely there. Barely there at all. He's not dead, though, no? No, why would you say such a thing? The kid you sent said he was dead. God, he, <laughs> di- he didn't ask you for money, did you? Did he? <laughs> was I not supposed to pay him? He'd already been paid. He's 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 apprentice here. He gets he's part of his duties. He gives us messages. He does. Never mind. Anyway, your friend is on death's door. Zalfiz, do you have any idea what might be happening? Um, I'm I'm not aware of what he is suffering with. I mean, he's a reckless fellow. He could have taken anything. Um, can I do a, a medicine check on him? Um, you absolutely can. Yeah, please do. Uh, what do I get? Plus five. Hell yeah. Oh, well, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> oh. it, just, it just rolled over to the 20. Thank God. That tipped. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Crit gain continues. Crit failure, crit success. So no I get an 20. <laughs> so how does your... What do you do with your medicine? Are you using magic or are you using kind of like a, some sort of... Something unearthly or so? Are you literally just checking his pulse? What, what kind of examination do you perform? Check his pulse, like, kind of open my Yeah, you just <laughs> flatten him. <laughs> uh, uh, I'd like to... Like, I'd like to check his heartbeat, his pulse, like open his eyes and like see if there's like anything, any reaction in his irises and, and like even maybe his gums and stuff. I see anything, if I can spot anything that's wrong with him that might indicate some kind of illness. Um, he seems to be in a coma, but when you like lift his eyes open, they at first they're completely black. Oh no, like, we've like seen this ink. before. <laughs> and, then, and then the ink basically disappears from one eye and then you look in the other eye and it sort of flows into that eye. And then it's gone. Ugh. But his eyes are just like hugely dilated. So I assume yes, I see this as well, right? You do, yeah. Does yeah. this look like chaos fluid? It, it does, yeah, it really does. It looks like what you've been experimented on for the last ten days. Uh, gone. This looks to be what I'm. I I am going to uh, trademark as chaos liquids. This this uh, viscous liquid I got from the crash site. I don't know how he managed to get it into him, but it appears he was infected. This is very, very astute of you. I can't imagine how you could possibly know that. I'm the brains. (laughs) We've established this over two episodes. (laughs) It's it's quite remarkable, but unfortunately, it is a terrible prognosis. Unless we can possibly find the root of this infection, whatever whatever it was, whatever creature, whatever magic caused this terrible this terrible malady to come across him he'll be dead in less than two days I've called you here because as his friends I thought maybe you might know where he came from no one seems to know it's like he arrived no one arrives in ten towns where he might Um, possibly have come from he 
came from the sky. Uh, he... He did what? Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but but uh, 30 days ago, a, a meteorite shot across the sky. The comet, yes, of course. Yes. That would make that would make complete sense. Wait, what? You, what? You, he... you can both make an insight roll. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I'd like to. Why does that make sense? <laughs> Uh, what is my insight? What? Uh, ooh. Uh, e. <laughs> what did you get, Owen? I got, we're plus three, 22. I'll take it. I got a, a 16 plus three. 13 plus three. Like, so at first you're thinking, like, he's he's just full of shit. And then you're like, like, he seems to know. Like, he, he's, he's really confident. And it didn't surprise you him at all when he said the comet. He says, well, to be honest, if he came from the comet, then whatever... Whatever's inside it, whatever caused it to crash, maybe, maybe that's the root of this, 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 this terrible disease. You don't know where it crashed, did you? The comet. Um. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, it was outside Dugan's Hall, and the way to, we were on the way to Dugan's Hall from here. It's like somewhere between here and Dugan's Hall. Like we didn't really pay much attention. Well, part of it crashed there. The bigger part of it crashed into the mountains north. No, not the spine of the world. That's too far. Right. We need to leave immediately. We need to get axe beaks. We need to get sleds. And we need to head off immediately to find the answer. Come on, let's go. Uh, this is all very well, but this does not explain why, obviously, this is where it's come from. It all like, all makes sense. Salaf is a practical. would like you to show your workings more. I'll, ex- I'll explain on the way. It's, come on, let's go! And and as you kind of both look really confused, the camera is going to change back three weeks, well, it was three ten days into the past. As is it ten days? Strawberry, yeah, it, it's forgotten around it's ten days. Oh, uh, 30. It's uh, Strawberry and Graham are um, in the lift as the your companion, Lee, has gone, quick, look behind you! <laughs> No. <laughs> so it's been a while since that one's worked. <laughs> mm, yep. No, I do that all the time. <laughs> so just a just a quick insight check, please, if you will. Uh, go. Okay. So let's see. Uh, eight on the die plus uh, two. Ten. I'm like really. Fourteen. No modifier. Fourteen. <laughs> Um, I, I am actually, I'm gonna, because it is DD, I do need to make, I do need to work. <laughs> no, you don't. Neither of you are fooled. So, yes. neither <laughs> of you are surprised as he basically launches towards you with his huge halberd. What? So, I need you to roll initiative. Uh, let's go oh. for strawberry because you've got the highest dex. Oh my gosh, betrayed. Oh my god. Um, wow. I'm heartbroken. I've only known this NPTC for like two seconds. <laughs> um, I'm heartbroken. Uh, and I only got a six, so truly, um, truly just devastated. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought I, I have alert, so I can't be jumped, right? You can't be surprised, but you still need to roll for initiative. Okay. It's plus five, I think, for it. That's 14, is it? Okay, and let's see. Oh, no, I get plus eight initiative. Oh, bloody hell, so you got 17. Well, you're absolutely going first, and he's going second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, with his nine. Okay, so, Graham, how do you react as he launches towards you with this, like, enormous halberd? Um, well, I'm going to try to push him back into the... Uh, <laughs> back into, into the lift. The, into the lift, uh, as was my primary or out of the lift. Out of the lift? I guess Actually, we're probably going to go into the, in the doorway. If, yeah. if, I, if I could almost, like, pull him towards where I was standing. We're doing a 180, so I'm, I'm in the lift now, and he's outside. 
you'll need to do an athletics roll. It'd be an opposed roll. Ooh. Okay. Um, and you need to beat. I'm rolling so badly today. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, that, that went really well. Yeah, you need to. Oh. You need to beat a ten. Oh, and that's not good. There we go. When he's rolling with us, he's going to do okay, well. Okay, so you've got him grappled. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're basically holding on, and he and he is unable to remove you. As my bonus action, can I can I tie his shoelaces together? Um, well, I'm not sure how you do that while grappling. And paint paint me a word picture of how this happens. Okay, so my, my sleeves are up here. I've always got big jacket. This is this is Graham's okay. thing. We're, we're sure. grappling like this, and then I slip my arm out from under because it's so baggy. And then my hand was like here, and then I just go down and I do, <laughs> and I tie his shoelaces together, and then I put my hands back like, yeah, we're still grappling. Um. Wow. Um. Go rope a dope. <laughs> I know it's fantasy, Kermit, but you have hands in real life. You know how they work, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you're trying to do some sort of like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He's, I st- he's, st- he's still tied up with the jacket anyway, because it's still. It's still... You know, I'll give you a sleight of hand, but you need to roll with a disadvantage on this. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll give it a try. So the first Ooh, nice one is start. 17 nice plus start. 7. And the second one is 12 plus 7. So. 19. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Okay, rolls. so basically, you kind of grapple him, and then he just easily pushes your arms apart, and it almost knocks you to the ground. And he kind of looks really smug, and then you grab onto him again and pull him <laughs> forward. But when you let go, you'd actually just bent down and like did his shoelaces up and then reached up and grappled him again. <laughs> and he begins to stagger forward. Um, on his go, he he's wearing these gauntlets, and they're wrapped in these bands of iron, and he slams his hands together. And there's this explosion. And you actually know, because you know this guy, mm-hmm. these are his gloves of thunderclap. And I need you both to make me dexterity saving throws as you are thrown Ooh. away from him. Whoa. Oh, boy. At least I know he's not going anywhere. Surely it's tied together. Okay, so Strawberry oh. rolled uh, a 15. Nice. I rolled a, uh, a 12 plus 3, 15. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so you're both okay. So you both only take four points of damage Whoa. and you're not knocked Ooh. to the ground. Strawberry, it's your round. Okay, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, and I'm going to reach around my neck and pull my amulet, which is another coin that's been threaded, a uh, coin for Timora. Um, and I'm going to ca- start swinging it back and forth and be like, you don't want to hurt us. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to cast Charm Person okay, nice. uh, on this individual. So I need him to make a wisdom saving Okay, throw. let's see how he does. Wow. So his arms just drop slack to his sides and the chest that he was holding drops out of his hands and crunches into the floor. And it kind of just cracks open for a moment as he kind of just stares mouth open, sort of a bit of drool down the side of his face as as he's hypnotized by this, (laughs) this coin spinning or rocking back and forth. And for a moment, you've got him, and you realize that you can just turn the lift on and escape. And then suddenly, you all begin to float. And you look down, and out of the chest is this thing like a crystal, but it's sickly green, and it looks like it's alive. And inside it is this black ooze, which is like flowing around inside it like it's alive. And you look down at your hands, 
and you're fading. And you disappear. And we're going to move the camera back up to the the frozen north this time, about 20, 29 days into the future. Maybe no, it wouldn't it be 31 days into the future because the three of you have traveled from Bryn Shander all the way past Dugan's Hole and towards the spine of the world. It has not been an easy journey. Graham is in a dog sled. He's been passed out the entire time. He's lay on his back, wrapped in these blankets, pulled by these kind of like husky dogs. And I imagine perhaps Xalfiz or maybe the priest is, is sort of mushing them or at the back, you know, his little hand is at the back. Gone, I imagine that you've hired an axe beak, which is one of these enormous birds, which is big enough for you to ride if you wish to. You are actually big enough to run alongside if you'd prefer. No, it's completely go, go, up to go you. Can just be beast shaped into an axe beak themselves. Perfect. Um, for anyone at home who doesn't know what an axe is, it looks like a giant chocolate bar. Yeah, <laughs> as, as we're running along, it's so cute. <laughs> oh, we're nerds. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so a lot of it was uneventful obviously traveling through the snow and tundra is not an easy thing there was a really terrifying moment where you actually noticed this great white dragon fly above you and descend maybe only 50 meters away like 150 foot away into this huge herd of reindeer scattering the bodies in all directions but it doesn't seem to notice you as you just very quickly march on you run <laughs> not marriage we ran <laughs> but you arrive at the site where you believe the comet fell and it's not hard to recognize because for maybe like a thousand feet in all directions the pine trees have completely been flattened um, as this, as if like an enormous explosion has gone off, and it it was so so huge that it's actually blown the top layer of ice and permafrost off. And as you get close, you're actually walking across frozen dark soil. You reach the lip of this enormous crater, and down below you see this thing, and it's like nothing you've ever seen before. It's maybe like a seashell, but enormous, with strange, like, barbarous tentacles poking out the front that seem to be, even now, in this sickly green light moving. Or maybe it's a trick of the light, because there are numerous debris debris filling this crater, and the the light from the still-burning fires... How can they be burning? They're still burning with this this weird green flame. is causing this almost illusion of movement from this, this ship. The side of the ship, even from where you can see, has been blown open near its base, and there's a large rent, this hole in the side. And as you look down across this crater, I need you, all three of you, to give me perception rolls. Um, um, so you said... So- Calculators are going to say Sandy rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Owen, do you want to start off with uh, Zalfiz? So what do you see as you are looking down across this crater? So, with a plus three, I rolled uh, 16 plus three is 19. Wow. Okay. You see an awful lot of things. I'll fill, we'll fill you in with just when um, Gone rolls his. Gone has rolled a. Ooh, 17 plus three, 20. Shock. Wow. Okay, so Owen. <laughs> you see. Um, I mean, these, there are numerous blocks, but most of it seems to be wreckage. The thing that's very strange is some of it seems to be like 
like the capsule was, made of living material. It looks like shards of bone or flesh or cartilage that are lit by this green fire. What seems to be particularly strange is it also seems to have a hull underneath it, like this living organism is fused onto a metal frame. What you also notice is there are a number of things moving. Now, they almost look like maggots, but two-ended, and they're moving around end-to-end, so it sort of goes over each other like a rainbow, like... And then the other end goes... Over each other. Living slinkies. Living slinkies. But it sort of squirms inside. If you've seen a maggot move, it kind of, like, squirms along its many different parts. And when an end is in the air, you see that it's lined with these, like, barbed tendrils. And you actually see that all over its body are, like, thin filaments stretching out as it each one seems to be exploring the area. And with your incredible roles, you also notice they seem to be going from debris to debris looking for something. You've noticed three of them. This is physical filaments now or, like, magical tendril-y type filaments? Um, it's really difficult to see. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those like electric balls that, you know, when you touch them, the electricity sort Plasma, of goes yeah. up to your fingers. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that, but arcing out of it in numerous places. Can I do like a nature roll to see if I recognize what the hell these things are? With your nature, you know that these are not of the physical plane. These are not native to the material plane. And I'd like to, uh, uh are they, are they like chaos liquid related? What, do you know what they are? As he says this, Zalfiz is back facing him on his knees beside Penguin with his multi tool, and he's stuck <laughs> into the side of her head. And goes, uh, I don't know what they are. Um, I've made a, look while we while we've been uh, away from our last adventure. I've made some improvements to Miss Penguin. She or Lady Penguin, it might help. And he's going to like turn his multi tool, and the beak of Lady Penguin is going to open up and show a cannon. Look, I, I don't know what they are, but they, they, they definitely don't look friendly, and they definitely look chaotic. Um, <clears throat> should we uh, kill, kill them? I mean, maybe we should ask... Uh, I, I forget his uh, name. Yeah. Can we ask the priest? Mishan. Yeah. Yeah. Mishan. I mean, Mishan says it all made sense. The Mishan, what the hell is this stuff that all makes sense? Uh, Mishan's kind of your landlord. You actually know him really well, Zalfiz. Um, and as I said, he's normally very bookish, but for whatever reason, he's got really... Um, excited Manic. by saving Graham, and so goes. Well, I mean, I, I mean that looks like a fantastic um, machine or, or device. I mean, I mean, I'd love to see it. Kind of, you know, she's not a machine. Those... She's I... called Lady I Penguin. <laughs> Sorry, well, she is a fantastic device. Uh, but I'm really worried about our companion here, Graham. If we could get to that ship without them noticing, I think that might be a, you know, I mean, I, if you could use her to create a distraction. Or if you feel maybe we could make it round there, you know, across this plane stealthily. I can. We 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 could do this. Um, that we Gon, volunteered here, buddy. No, gone. He takes like a handful of dirt and kind of throws it up in the air and casts his past without a thra- trace. And it kind of um, with the du- the dirt going in, like the kind of dusty dirt going in the air, it kind of makes it a, a, a kind of a shadow around us, like a living shadow around us that kind of shades us from detection <clears throat> and uh yeah pass without a trace basically gives us um plus 10 bonus to our stealth checks uh, wow okay yeah so do you what are you going to do with graham do you want to have the dogs pull him with the dog sled do you want to pull the dog sled or do you want to carry him i can carry him because i'm huge 
So what I'm going to say is, I, I, I don't want an NPC roll in this. I don't think that's fair. I'd like the the one of you who has the lowest stealth to roll. Uh, look, before we go doing anything, uh, God, that's a great idea. Love, love the the cool cloud thing. Uh, I'm also going to cast shield on myself if that's possible. What does it look like? Uh, basically, I would say so. You kind of see my multi tool, which is my arcane focus glows a little and from the point of like the screwdriver on it a little beam goes out maybe a f- two foot and a little translucent or not even translucent um, dome you can kind of tell like you're looking through smoke or heat of a fire you know there's something there but you don't know what yeah 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 very nice okay uh, a bit like the new gene trailer with the uh, the shields that go over sure nerd I'm not <laughs> I don't know oh you need to it's amazing anyway so are you? do you want to do anything else do you want to create a distraction or anything or are you going to stealth down yep God just throws a rock in the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay so um, give me a attack roll let's see if you can get the rock near one of these creatures let's see Oh, like, I want oh to throw, this like, is going to be the crit one. way to where we're going. Up, up, okay, let's let's give it a roll. This is going to be a crit one, knowing Niles form. Oh, here we go. I got this. Don't worry, we're good. Don't say that. Fifteen. <laughs> okay, that's good. Fifteen. Fourteen okay, plus so, one. And I imagine because you're quite huge, it's not like for anyone else it'd be a, for you it's a rock, but anyone else it's like a boulder. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, long. It's like that big. <laughs> the, yeah. And it crashes into one of these like um, piles of debris. Can it hit this. one of the worm things? Can it hit one? Yeah, absolutely. If you want it to hit one. Yes, I want to hit one. Okay, so get two D8 damage. Why kill something? Two D8 damage. Sweet. Yeah. That's good damage. All right, let's see. D8 times two. Uh, oh, and that one. And an at eight. <laughs> Nine, okay. So it kind of catches it near its center and it carries on flying on and crashes into this debris with a huge clang and the other two kind of look in that direction. Oh, they haven't got any eyes. They must be able to sense it somehow and they're kind of like electric feelers reach out and writhe and they start slinking their way over to it and there's this odd sound. But you don't hear it, you feel it like a low hum. The one that you struck you realize begins to tear apart and this bright green fluid sprays out in this arc and where it hits the ground and where it hits the debris, it melts and you can see fiery smoke lifting out of the metal that it's actually just cutting right through. That's good to know. (laughs) That's real good to know. Who has the lowest stealth? Because I'd like you to roll with advantage for this distraction. Plus two. I got plus one. Okay, go for it. Uh, Let's see where you B-5 go to. B-5-4 dumb there is going to get us caught. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here's the nat one coming up. <laughs> 17 plus 1, 18. Oh, man, oh, you're yes. fired. We'll take it. That's enough, even adventure. without advantage. So I'll roll the other one just to see what I get. 19 plus 1, 20. Wow. Okay, so there is a horrifying moment where you make it, like you're halfway down this crater and you're passing one of these huge piles and another one of these creatures just launches out of it and it seems to be sensing you. It's like tasting the air and this low hum, this buzzing noise increases and increases, but your misty barrier seems to be preventing it from detecting you and you manage to march on by. You make it to this rent in the side of the ship 
and you realize the ship is at an angle. And as you peer in, you see a large room, absolutely huge, at least 50 feet long. But because it's at an angle, the lower half of it seems to be filled with this viscous green liquid, very similar to that that poured out of this creature. There's a door on kind of on that wall, which is half submerged. And on the left hand are these round pods, different from the ones you saw, Graham, which seems to be made of glass, although they're surrounded with this webwork of, of, there's no other way of describing it. It looks like flesh, but they're all ripped open. And from them, there's these like veins which go up the ceiling, up the walls into the ceiling where there's a hole above. And Mishan goes, Gosh, what are those? Zalfiz, you're, you're a bit of a, an expert. Could you maybe see what they're for? Why, why yes, I could. I am a bit of an expert. Um, so we're going to like... It, I mean, Mishan looks very, very interested <laughs> in these pods. Like, he's like, he almost looks hungry. I mean, look, Mishan, I mean, you clearly have a theory of what these are. So while I'm trying to figure it out, maybe any information you have, you could provide to me to, you know, round out her scientific uh, theory. He looks at you, and his eyes are wide, almost crazy. He goes, well, these are creatures from another dimension. When do we get another chance to see this again? Okay, and have you been trying to meet creatures from another dimension? Summon creatures from another dimension? Well, as you ponder this, let us move the camera back in time, but not back to Mirabar. We're going to move to a whole other place entirely. As Graham... <laughs> you open your eyes into darkness and you are suspended in this horrendous icker. It's like being, it's like syrup or jelly and you kind of flail against it and your hand touches against this, this thing on your stomach. You realize that this tendril has embedded itself through your clothes into your stomach and you are trapped inside a pod, a bit, bit like the Matrix, kind of, you know, those kind of like human-sized pods, mm. and you're kind of struggling against it. And you can see to your right, Strawberry is in exactly the same situation. He's hammering it against the glass. And to your left, you've got Mishan as well, who's banging against it, but he's got these gloves, and with every bang, there's a, there's a crack appearing, although it's, ten, it, it's very, very thin. Could I get my hand on my, my blades? Yeah, they're still there. You're still armed. Islam, yeah, so I'm going to try to grab my blades and start cutting away to cut myself free. Okay, absolutely. Strawberry, what do you wish to do? Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, well, let's see. Hmm. Would I panic and use this spell? Probably. <laughs> I'll keep it together. And um, I am also going to try, you know, and get, get my dagger out. Oh, I also have a mace, probably. So I'm going to, like, try and get my mace out and, like, try to get enough momentum to, like jam it into the cracks uh, to kind of leverage it open and crack through. Nice, okay, so you're working on the pod itself, not on this umbilicus, and you're working, Graham, actually to cut the thing. So, yeah. um, Strawberry, can you first give me a strength check? Oh boy, not Strawberry's strong suit, uh, but we're gonna try. Uh, we are gonna try with our, our whole hearts. Um, okay, so that's an eight on the die uh, with strength. Oh, minus one, oh, no. so that'll be seven. 
hot seven. <laughs> you, you, you kind of, you, you, you're sort of full of anger and you crash it into it, but obviously you're, you're held back by the fact you're sort of literally suspended in this weird fluid and your mace cracks against it and it's like touching um, something. It's not like glass. It, it bows against it like it's, like you're in the inside of an eyeball. Like it's that kind of feeling. <sighs> Uh, Graham, do you want to give what me a, a word to pick? Thank you. <laughs> do you want to give me a damage roll as you cut against this umbilicus? Damage roll, so that's one d six. Does he have a sneak attack? Is he flanked? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I flank it? <laughs> um, so it's oh no, sorry, it was one d four plus three. That's what I'm supposed to do. There we go. Did it right this time seven wow okay you just cut straight through it and it sprays this black liquid out of your of the pipe and it starts to fill up your uh, the the pod you're in so what was once red is now turning black but you also looking down and for a moment you see it's actually spraying out of the hole that's in your stomach uh, or there's part of it that's still attached to your stomach. And there's just a moment where you can see and then that's filled with black as the, the everything below your waist is turning oh. inky. From your left, you see that Lee has crashed into the, mm. the cod again and his hand has ripped through it. And then suddenly this alarm starts sounding, but it's not like a magical alarm, something that you would find normal. It's not like a metal bell. It's like this low hum. You don't hear it. You feel it it's like an angry wasp or um it, it feels very unnatural it's almost painful like a vibration so while the, the ink he's is pulling his me. way out yeah so the ink is spraying from me i can see that he's pulling his way out and i can i can see over and i'm like oh i i didn't think this through strawberry <laughs> I, I didn't uh, think this through I, <laughs> Uh, bubbles come out of strawberry's <laughs> mouth as they're clearly <laughs> <laughs> screaming. Um, and I want to go ahead and switch tactics okay. and maybe try uh, my cantrip sacred flame to burn my way out of whatever oh, this wow. sack yeah, definitely. is that I'm in. How does that look as you do burn into it? Yeah, well, I think because it's like holy fire, I think it manages to maintain shape, you know, as I'm burning through this view yeah. here and I'm just like putting up all of my fingers, just have this like reddish gold flame, just like burning through the edge of this thing, which I imagine was probably like really acrid and smoky, oh, like God, as yeah. I'm breaking through whatever this is. Um, but strawberry's full panic and is going to burn their way out no matter what. And it, and it bubbles like if you're burning fat, like that's the kind of reaction it has oh. and it blackens, sort of turning opaque as you touch against it yeah do you want to give me a damage roll let's see if you can get through it yeah Ooh, okay come on strawberry we've been in worse scrapes than this <laughs> have we i don't know um okay that is going to be uh five damage um as i'm burning through this thing wow okay so you've managed to get your hand through it and your you've like your hand is out and this water starts well it's not water this kind of jelly-like liquid starts pouring out around you and you and as it kind of descends below your headline you begin to choke and you realize that you could actually breathe when it was in your lungs it's the most bizarre feeling and even as it comes out you're not coughing it's just oozing out of you like it's, it's very wrong oh. 
Disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna keep. Yeah, I'm gonna do all I can to like make sure I can not be in the goo anymore, and then I'm probably gonna deal with this <laughs> tube situation. How are you dealing with this? Obviously, you've now wrenched yourself out of straw, but you're still attached to this umbilicus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, now that I can breathe and I'm not feeling claustrophobic, I'm gonna go ahead and like take a dagger and just like. <laughs> saw through whatever this this business is horrendous it's 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 really awful and you can actually feel it that's the thing that's really odd is as you're cutting through it it's, it doesn't hurt but it's like cutting through a part of yourself it's a really awful feeling um graham what are you doing as you kind of like you're filling up into blackness i don't know whether to pull it back in or to just let it flow out do i want <laughs> what do i want i'm torn Sorry, i'm not in it so, yeah <laughs> i don't know so i i'm gonna start um start hacking my my or poking my dagger i suppose towards the uh, the actual uh surface of the uh, the the i guess orb i'm in um trying to free myself to get outside as i've i've noticed now that everyone else is outside except for me <laughs> and i'm okay, struggling uh, give me that damage roll let's see if you can take if you'd rather use strength you absolutely can or you can just give me a straight damage i am not giving you strength that's not happening <laughs> this is not a strength party so I, I rolled four damage um okay that's enough so you begin to pull yourself free you notice that um lee your companion has basically pulled himself out dripping wet and he's run over to the far side of the room where there's this door and he's basically just trying to pull it open and it's not so much like a door it's like an iris um, and he's he's got his hands into the middle of this sort of fleshy middle and he's wrenching it open you can see his hands glowing with this strength and he's he's he, he thumps into it and there's this like boom and the door cracks um strawberry how are you handling this uh yeah i mean i think i'm whew, i'm just trying my best trying to keep a positive attitude that's the strawberry way uh so <laughs> once i've cut through this this tendril i'm gonna go over to graham's tank and start you know hammering in between like because i just see the black filling up so i'm like buddy <laughs> and i'm just you know like burning through it because that seemed to work well so i'm gonna sacred flame and do whatever i can to try and get graham out of this tank so you you start ripping him out and graham's in complete blackness and you kind of pull him out and this 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 syrupy stuff pours out over you and over him and it absolutely stinks the stuff that was on you didn't actually it didn't stink until you cut into this black liquid which again you're covered in as well and then as you pull graham out you hear this scream from behind you and you see that lee has been engulfed by three of these horrendous maggot things. I don't know if you've seen King Kong, where there's the, this is like maggot combat, where like oh. one's over his arm, like it's completely engulfed his arm. One is on his side, and there's, um, and he, but he's battling it. Um, and then one basically just completely engulfs his head, Whoa. and the iris shuts, blocking him from sight. Oh and that is where we're going to leave it for today thank you so much for listening we really do hope you've enjoyed our show you can find more Rhyme of the Frost Maiden on twitch.tv forward slash does it roll and its associated website and YouTube channel you can find more of Celeste at Celeste C. Conowich uh, on Twitter and her amazing podcast The Venture Maidens do please do check them out um, we'll be back next week with the next exciting episode and if you'd like to hear more of what we do you can find Call of Cthulhu and our D&D Curses Child campaign and much much more on iTunes, Spotify and at howwerollpodcast.com uh, 
Next week, we'll be returning with more Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, and we'll also be continuing with our Two-Headed Serpent campaign. If you can't wait that long, then you can find all of our next episodes and much, much more at patreon.com forward slash Podcast. For $5 a month, you get early access, and you also get access to some Patreon-only content, including some Call of Cthulhu scenarios and Cult Divinity Lost scenarios, so please do check that out. I want to say thank you to all of our patrons. We absolutely could not do this podcast without you. We want to welcome our newest patrons, Edgar and Anders Benson. Thank you so much. Um, we'd also like to say a big thank you to BattleBars.com, who've provided many of the music and sound effects you've heard on the show. We highly recommend checking them out. And as I said before, please do check out our new Twitch channel at Does It Roll, or twitch.tv forward slash Does It Roll. That is all from us, and we'll be back next week with more episodes. Take care. <laughs>